The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Cam Soda. Cam Soda has thousands of amateur girls next door and all of the hottest porn stars today, including Danny Daniels, Tori Black, and Brandy Love. Get free tokens today when you sign up at camsoda.com slash podcast. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by the Pure Hookup app. Pure Hookup lets awesome people have casual sex tonight. Download the Pure Hookup app on Google Play or the App Store. Pure, the hookup app that says it's a hookup app. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all the historical hoes, obedient servants, and undercover jerkers. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hello, hello, what's going on? Welcome to the show. If you're unfamiliar uh, with my podcast, this is a show where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. However, this week's guest is not one of my former flames, although... Unbeknownst to him, we did sort of, kind of share an intimate space together, but he only had just found out. You'll find out about that later. Today, I've got on stand-up comedian Aton Levine, who is also the creator of the Hamilton porn parody. Yes, the Hamilton porn parody we've all been waiting for. Uh, that that just came out back in December, and he it was his idea. That's his baby. He wrote the damn thing. And he's going to share with us that story in a little bit. But first, no show dates right now, people. No show dates to share with you. Just know that today, Wednesday, January 31st, we will be having another Fan Whore Facebook Live hangout at 3 p.m. Eastern time. I should be saying noon Pacific because uh, I'm going to be doing it from right here in the Bay Area. I will be. uh, That's where I am currently. And that's the time zone I'm in. So to not confuse myself, that's what I should be saying. But whatever, wherever you live, that's where we're going to be at. Uh, We're going to be doing that on the Man Whore Podcast Facebook fan page. Yes, stop sending me friend requests. If anyone says, I can't find your fan page, you're searching the wrong thing. Just search Man Whore Podcast. It takes you right there. Go click the like button and join us for this hangout for an hour. Uh, I like to answer your questions. I update you about how my month has been. and, uh, And we have a grand old time. Also, uh, head on over to manwhorepod.com. Sign up for that mailing list, people. I've got a new newsletter coming out next week. And in that newsletter, I will be announcing the dates for ManwhoreCon 2018. Yup. People on my mailing list will be the first ones to find out when they should be heading on over to New York City to hang out with me and your fellow fan whores for a whole weekend of sensual, sexy uh, and, and fun activities. Man Horcon, sign up for the mailing list. Do it. All right. I, uh, whoo, it has been a week. It has been a week. Uh, I am in San Francisco right now after spending a long five days in Las Vegas for the AVN Awards and the Adult Entertainment Expo. And it was just, wow, just such a blast. So much fucking fun. I've only been to Vegas twice. The last time I was in Vegas, of course, was three years ago when I did Team BJ2, 
you know, when, when I made my, my first and last porn appearance, have not been back to Vegas since then, and it was just crazy. There's, there were titties everywhere. Uh, it was fun. I had a blast in Vegas. I had a blast staying with the people I stayed with. We had this, like, big-ass, huge, swanky hotel suite that was splitting with three other people. Shout out to Lindsay and crew. Hey, girl. And uh, I had a lot of fun. I talked to a lot of interesting people. Ended up recording nine episodes. Nine. That's a lot of man whore podcasts in just a few days. I got to tell you, you're in for uh, one hell of a treat. Uh, it, it was so cool talking to all these porn performers because, you know, they're, they're doing dozens and dozens of media appearances and interviews and video content stuff uh, throughout the entire weekend. So a lot of them are kind of like worn out and they're all kind of just prepped to be asked the same dumb question over and over and over again. What's your favorite position? What's your ideal cock size? How do your parents feel about you doing porn? Blah, 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 blah. And I had fun not talking about that. Because, <laughs> like, of course, like, what, what you enjoy about a cock is, is relevant if, say, you're, we're talking about penises and you mention, oh, he had such a good dick. And I ask, well, what makes a good dick? But me just like out of the blue without context saying, uh, how big do you like a dick? That's dumb. No, instead we talked about some like really, really cool topics. We talked about, uh, we continued the theme of fan boundaries, you know, uh, how, to, how to have boundaries with your fans, whether that be online as a webcam person or at conventions and, and maintaining like your bodily autonomy when fans want to just like grab at you and we talked about like proper etiquette when you're at a convention like Exotica or a, or the Adult Entertainment Expo and and how to be able to go up to your favorite porn star and ask to like take a picture with your hand on her ass in an ethical fashion. We talked about representation in porn. We talked about uh, sex workers bill of rights and all sorts of really really cool topics. It's really really fun. But I got to tell you for me at least it, I got a lot of connection fatigue. Only in at AVN did I realize the emotional labor that goes into doing this podcast. When this podcast is done right, it's two people having an open and honest conversation, getting intimate, getting vulnerable, whether or not we've hooked up in the past, trying to get to like a real place. And I normally do one episode in a day. Sometimes I've done two. But I'm, you know, on Friday, I did four episodes, four. And at the end of the day, I was just so emotionally drained. I was just so like I, I everybody was going to go out and there was like this like fun sex party that night going on in Vegas. And I just was not about it. I needed to lie down on the couch. I needed to curl up and watch a comedy special. I needed a nap. I probably could have used a hug. Because I had four intimate, open, and honest conversations for like an hour with pure strangers. So we would like instantly connect and have this like deep conversation and then have to, and then we had to disconnect because they had to go to their next thing. I had to go to my next thing. And then I had to go and do it right again. So I was like, connect, disconnect, connect, disconnect. It was like going on four really, really good first dates that only lasted an hour, and you knew that there was not going to be a second date. 
I've had to learn a really hard lesson over the four years doing this podcast. These conversations where the best ones involve someone crying <laughs> and where the best ones when we turn off the mics go like, hey, can we have a hug? Even those, I have to remember, we are not besties. When we walk out the door, they go back to their life. I go back to my life. We don't end up becoming brunch buddies at the end of it. And I've had to learn that lesson the hard way, to be honest with you, because maybe it's just the type of love language that I speak. But when I connect with someone, I start to have this false feeling like, oh, like we're friends now. It's, It's kind of similar to like when you see a sex worker, right? You just had this intimate experience. You just probably had sex or did some sort of fun kink scene, whatever it was. But you paid that person to have that experience with you. You also paid that person to go home after and not come back unless you hire them again. When you get a girlfriend experience, she is not your girlfriend when the time is done. You go your separate ways after. And so can be with, in my opinion, what is really good podcasting. Earlier in my career, I definitely struggled with the boundaries with past guests because because I did think that, oh, like we are now friends and uh, maybe a couple people have been turned off by that and, uh, and those connections are no more because, you know, and that's just how, that's just how we learn. So I had to go into this weekend and remind myself, Billy, you, you, that was just a conversation. It was a really good conversation, but no, do not text them to ask if they want to go have dinner now. Not in a romantic or sexual way. Again, this is just like, there's just a, a, a platonic intimacy of sharing about an HIV scare you had with a, with a total stranger, a story that maybe you've never told anyone before. And then sometimes the people do want to like have that friendly connection afterwards. And so there is this weird cat and mouse game where both sides kind of have to figure out like, is it appropriate for me to reach out to someone who is just a professional media uh, interview? Is it, you know, is it uh, acceptable for me to reach out and say like, Hey, like that was a really cool conversation. Would you want to like have a drink? Do you want to hang out and have lunch? Do you, we're having a party at my place. Do you want to come by? You were really cool. So there was definitely um, an emotional fatigue at the by the end of this this whole trip. So I hope you all can appreciate fucking how hard that is for me. I basically got and again this can be man or woman. I mean I talked to Ryan Driller who at the end of it I was like dude are we going to be bros like are we going to go out to we going to go out to the bars and 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 pick up chicks together and I have to remember like no we're not we go our separate ways at the end of this. That was an interesting thing I had to, I had to remember. But if I learned anything uh, from talking to all these porn performers and, and these porn peeps, whether on mic or off mic on the convention floor or at parties or whatever it was, is, you know, porn really is work. They really do. Um, they hustle. They hustle real, real hard because of the the free porn society we live in. They have to make money from a lot of different revenue streams whether it's sexting, phone sex, webcamming, selling merch, selling the clothing that they've worn during their shoots, privates if they're comfortable doing escorting, 
doing their own mini clip stores, whatever it is, they work really fucking hard. It really is a job and is a job that deserves your respect and deserves your legal protections just like any other. And I hope that by the end of these episodes, you will, uh, you will see porn, po- porn folks as people too. Yeah. Uh, so this week's guest, Aton Levine, came up with the idea for the Hamilton porn parody. Now, that is a porn that you can go see on Pornhub for free. And you can watch it for free, guilt-free, because Wood Rocket, the production company, put it up there in its entirety for free for the purpose of you watching it. But you should be paying for your porn. Hashtag pay for your porn. Or you know what? As a common theme seems to be, hashtag pay for some of your porn. Put something out there into the universe. So that's why I tried to start this a few months ago and had a bit of a false start. So we're starting it over again. For this year of 2018, every month, Billy is going to pay for some porn and I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to encourage and hope that a lot of you will do the same all you got to do is put in 20 to 50 bucks a month. If you can put in 100 to $200 in a year towards porn, the porn industry, that makes a huge fucking difference. Whether that is a Brazzers membership, whether that is buying $100 worth of tokens on a webcamming site, whether that is buying just like an Amazon gift card for like some favorite performers of yours, whatever it is. Put some money back into the industry so they can continue to make the excellent product that they do. Because you know what? If no one pays for anything, eventually the people who do it well are either going to stop or they're not going to be able to do it as well as you would like them to. For this first month, for January, I am promoting Crash Pad Series. Yes, um, I did pick them the last time around when I was going to do this. And I'm picking them again because they're just that good. Crash Pad Series is a wonderful Bay Area-based queer, kinky porn site. Uh, some of their videos are kinky. Some of them are not kinky. Some of them are super queer. Some of them are quite hetero. I, I, I honestly first picked them just because a, a lot of man whore podcast guests have shot with Crash Pad Series. I think something like nine of my guests have shot with Crash Pad Series. So I was like, well, that seems like a good place to start. Then I started watching their videos. I was like, oh my, this is like, this is really hot. And I'm like even trying porn configurations I don't normally watch, like watching like a trans woman with a cisgender woman or um, watching like a trans woman with a trans man and or watching like some kink scenes I maybe didn't think I was going to be into. So I encourage you all to, uh, whether it's Crash Pad series or not, go put some porn money out into the world. I myself started with a month of Crash Pad series membership. Next month, I will tell you all about another porn site that I chose uh, because together we can, we can keep these good people working hard. You know, I, was t- I was talking to my cousin who, uh, who I'm staying with here in San Francisco about it, and she was astonished when I told her how little porn stars actually get paid for scenes. They're, they're certainly not uh, cruising and crushing it. I mean, the, the last night of my AVN trip, I slept with a, an AVN-nominated porn performer no big deal uh but like she still has a roommate (laughs) and she's nominated she was nominated for an avn so do your part put something out there in the world crash pad series i think it was like 25 or 30 bucks for a month membership and i was quite happy with it 
And uh, not only should you pay for your porn, but you should pay for your content, for your independently produced content that you enjoy, such as this very podcast. I recently put out another bonus episode of the Man Whore Podcast, where I told a, a wonderful story about a Bukaki bro I guess I formed a, an unofficial friendship with. And the Bukaki he... Uh, he invited me to Once Upon a Time. That is one of our Craigslist Chronicles over on Patreon. Tomorrow, you will hear another bonus episode with Eitan Levine, where we talk about him growing up Orthodox Jewish, how that informed and affected his sexuality and how he finally sexually came of age. All that stuff you can only hear exclusively on Patreon. And uh, that is the money that allows me to go to something like the AVN Awards or to San Francisco, or to other places to go record episodes of this show that you enjoy. Uh, this is how I am making my living. So you supporting me on Patreon, every single dollar, whether it's a dollar pledge or a $50 pledge, keeps me going. But now for this week's guest, Aton Levine. Aton I have known for a long time. I've known him since college. Uh, he was up at Yeshiva University. I was down at NYU. We ended up overlapping in the, in the comedy worlds. And just, you know, stayed friendly through all that time. Then I, we ran into each other at a movie, and he told me some cool news last year. He was like, don't tell nobody, but I, am, I wrote a porno, and they bought it. I was like, what's the porno? He's like, we're doing a Hamilton porn parody. I was like, fucking fabulous. Oh, my gosh. I love it. If you don't have the... I'm going to be very disappointed if you don't have the line... Her hole was wide enough for Hamilton and me. I'm not a good singer, but yeah. So, uh, so he tells a really, really fucking cool story that takes up the entire podcast. Um, it's the story of just like how this came to fruition from the inception of the idea to write a porno all the way to the release party that he had uh, back in December. It's just a really fun story. Oh, my God. I uh, had such a blast talking to Aton. We honestly could have talked for hours more, but, you know, we we talked for like an hour and a half between uh, this episode and the bonus episode, and we were like, we got to call it quits. Uh, I really hope you enjoy this one. Just a slight note. I promise we get to sex and porn and all that juicy stuff, but just get through like the first five or seven minutes because there's some... Uh, we do a little bit like podcast and comedy nerding out in the beginning. That's just kind of sometimes what happens when you put two comedians on a microphone together. So, you know, if, if like f a few minutes in, you're like, when are they going to get to all the, the sex stuff? It's coming, people. It's coming. Let's get to me and Aton Levine. Aaron Boner, the porner. You know me from? Debbie does Plymouth Rock. You're the porn star, Boner. I'm Alexander Hamilton. I'm a big fan, Boner. Of me? Yes, of you and your big land, Boner. <laughs> Young man. It's, uh, it's not going to be a thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to go spend an hour with another comic who has, <laughs> you know, 12 people that are going to hear this. <laughs> I always get, because podcasts are one of those things where, like, people put, like, so much stake into. Mm -hmm. I think in, like, the difference between, like, the the top podcasts and like the next level podcasts 
like in numbers are like crazy. <laughs> the top one percent of podcasts hold all of the listeners. Right. You know what I mean? So it's always interesting seeing like people like put emphasis on podcasts that like ten people listen to at the right. end of the day. And uh, you, you, here's a, this is the the number that always blew me away. It's very interesting stuff for people listening to a sex podcast. I really want to talk. <laughs> This episode is all the analytics of podcasts, no actual sex. <laughs> you, you know what the median average for a podcast uh, is, for a podcast episode is? What? The median average number is 200 or 150 now. Interesting. So if you get more than 150 downloads per episode, you're better than half of every podcast that's out there. That is absolute insanity. People yeah. are wasting their time. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just wasting our time here. Yeah, <laughs> all of us, uh, except for us right here, right now. Because this is We're the only podcast worth listening to. Absolutely. Uh, because <laughs> that's my soundbite. That's going on the website in the, uh, the referral section. But <laughs> this is the one you got to hear because we're right now with uh, comedian Aton Levine, hey. who has who wrote <laughs> who wrote a Get porno. It. I wrote a porno. Do you want me to say it or do you want to? Uh, you say it. I think it sounds better out of your mouth. I am the writer of uh, Hamilton, an American musical porno. It is, uh, th- as far as we know, it's the first uh, porno that's completely wrapped. It is, uh, of course, a parody on Hamilton uh, by Lynn Manuel Miranda. I've been calling myself Skin Manuel Miranda Sa- as a joke because I love puns and I. <laughs> Well, I feel like when you write a porn parody, you it's it becomes very pun heavy. Oh yeah, right. Like it's very tongue in cheek. You can't be do a Simpsons porn parody and take yourself seriously. No, we actually uh, it, when we had started to make the porn, which I guess we'll get into like the full sure. story a little bit, but like uh, he said that Hamilton was the best name for a porn he had ever heard. <laughs> uh, when we the, the guy that runs the company that ended up shooting it, so there was definitely a, a little like at least at the end of the day, there was so much pride in just knowing that. Yeah, <laughs> the guy in the porn, you know, was like, "Wow, that's the best name." You yeah, know? it's uh, did did you have any other comics be like, "Hey, can I submit a packet?" Yeah, for your porn. <laughs> after after really? you know, the thing is, after this, after the porn happened, am I holding this in too far? Uh, you're fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. After the porn happened, I like. Every other day, literally, since then, like to this day, I still get people who are like, hey, uh, you know, if I want to get into writing porn, like, where can I go? And I'm like, well, I, do, I do have a screenplay in here. For oh. you know, uh. <laughs> That's easy. I show up to all these uh, I show up to all these meetings and they're like, by the way, we're pitching you. You know, no. Um, so I yeah, like every day and people are like, can I get into porn? And I'm like, no, <laughs> there's no market for porn writers, like just the writers. Like right. it's all the production and stuff like that. Like I was there was a special situation around myself doing it. Uh but yeah, you can't just get into porn writing. There's no. I got paid 300 bucks for one script. Yeah, it's yeah. not the typical comedian success path. No, people were like, Aton found a new path to success in comedy." Yeah, <laughs> I've been struggling for eight years. I finally got my just for porn audition in. <laughs> just yeah. for porn. That's a very inside joke. Very me. inside. Anyone yeah. get that one? Yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, ironically, just for porn also held in Montreal. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, but normally, you're uh, you're a stand-up. Do you you still do stand-up? I still do stand. I took a little bit of break because I got hired to write for uh, some stuff, and I and I have like a nine to five job now that's like writing and uh, producing and if you have a nine to five it's not very conducive to doing stand-up is what i've kind of uh, been experiencing even when it's like a nine to five in the creative field yeah, yeah. literally you it's, go like this is the dream i want to get paid to write and they're like oh this feels like a job yeah when i got when i first got uh my first writing job I, and i stopped i really stopped doing like stand-up back then now there's like an effort to continue doing it but like back then i kind of stopped and uh it just you can't do both it's just it's it's so interesting how i spent like all this time doing stand up in comedy to try to get a writing job and then like when i finally got a writing job uh i wasn't able to continue doing stand-up to the amount that i wanted to 
I'm writing a note to myself. Promise, listeners, we get to sex and porn. Make it through five minutes. That's uh, all. I'm like, I'm like, just give them a promise. To, <laughs> that they'll get case. to this. No, I think the rest of the time is just going to be tips for comics, like how to do their taxes, you know, what they can write <laughs> off and what they can't write off. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, hey. <laughs> Ellie just walked in. My room. I, the, this is, uh, we're doing, <laughs> somebody just walked into my apartment. Yeah. A, somebody is a roommate, right? Uh, roommate's was, brother. Oh. We're, we're doing the podcast about Hamilton. Oh, this really? is Billy. Hi. Yeah. Do your thing. I don't hey, to what are you doing here? Uh, okay, fine. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Have a okay. good one. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how'd you find yourself to be a comic who randomly wrote a porn parody? Okay, so let's. Uh, I'll give you my career history. I think that like kind of ramps up into this. So, okay. uh, when I had gotten out, I graduated Yeshiva University. Very uh, Jewish. Very, very exceedingly Jewish. Literally the most Jewish college you can go to. Yeah. Um. So I, after Yeshiva University, uh, right at the end, I was a run. I was a finalist uh, to live in something called the MLB Fan Cave. And major league- yeah, yeah, that that useless space downtown where I'm like, wh- what's your business plan? The, zero. The answer is there is no zero. Uh, There's zero plan. They, baseball didn't take into account that the average uh, fan age is 40, and they don't care about social media. Yeah. So they had this fan cave thing downstairs where, like, if you were a baseball fan, you would live in in the old Tower Record store. Um, so I was like a finalist living it, and I didn't get it. Uh, and it was like a very long and, and arduous process. And when I didn't get it, it like was very depressing, and I uh, just took a job. Uh, I was the online marketing coordinator for the Orthodox Jewish Union. I just, like, in a moment of shame, like, took that job. And six months later, I left that job. Were you raised Orthodox? I was raised Orthodox. I was born and raised in a Jewish, in a mono-Orthodox family. So, like, as much as we weren't, we weren't, like, black hat, white shirt. But we still, like, kept Shabbos and, you know, kosher and stuff like that. We were Ju- we were very Jewish, but we also were like Met fans, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's you know, like that was the kind of we were like we were just Jews in the modern world. I think uh-huh. it's like the phrase that they use a lot. Um, and yeah, so I went to like an all boys Jewish like elementary school, middle school, high school. I went to Israel for a year. I lived I lived in Israel at a yeshiva uh, for a year in an all boys program. I came back. I went to Yeshiva University, which was another all boys program. I've met eight women my entire life. Uh, no, hey, I'm joking. Okay. I, was about to be, I mean, you are in the stand-up comedy world. Yeah. It's unfortunately possible. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, every everybody I know that isn't Jewish is an open mic person, yeah, essentially. Okay. Um, so we when I went to so I came went to Yeshiva University. Okay. So at the end of the university, I took this job. I hated it. I quit the job um, with no real plan. I ended up getting like uh, – I was a social media coordinator and correspondent for the New York Comedy Festival, which I kind of just lucked into. And then from that, I got a job at Mashable. Mashable, I was writing uh, – if you don't know what it is, it's one of yeah. those like content farms like uh, Vox yeah, or yeah. Mike. So all I was clickbaity stuff. Exactly. Like all the, literally all those articles that – 17 are, sex produ- uh, <laughs> positions to make your period amazing. Yeah, or like nine legit AF things to do with avocado toast that are legitimately AF, legit AF. <laughs> like all those like dumb articles that you see. 52 <laughs> things that you can put in your butt that won't <laughs> send you to the ER. Uh, I like the idea here. that there's like a sex BuzzFeed that you're like talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They have BuzzFeed Yellow, I think it was called. No, oh man. They have like a separate like sexy BuzzFeed <laughs> page or something. Like which uh I don't know, eggplant emoji are you and stuff like Pretty that. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh so that so I was there. I was so I was writing for Mashable and uh, my time at Mashable ended. Um I went over to Elite Daily. Mm. Now Elite Daily was all of those articles, like the legit AF articles or you know, all those uh but times ten because it was 
well, half of the website would just do lifestyle content. There's a web. There's an article on the on the website that is one of my favorite things I've ever read, and it was called uh, 58 things that went through my head when I found out my ex boyfriend's new girlfriend was uglier than me." <laughs> like li- all those articles that you see on Facebook that you're like, "Who reads this shit?" And then you click into this like, guy wrote it exactly. I was writing, but the thing is, I wasn't writing that. I was writing on the other side of the website. Uh-huh. I was writing uh, celebrity content and trending news. Um, so for like. For like two years, I'd walk in every day and I'd write like two, three to four articles about the Kardashians and stuff, which I loved the Kardashians with a passion. You, you don't like the Kardashians. Dude, I worked in, I, I was a fact checker at In Touch Weekly for three years. <laughs> Fucking hate, I've got enough Kardashians for the rest of my life. <laughs> I like the idea that In Touch has the same level of like verification as like CNN. Gossip does. Magazine's got a lot of fact checkers, you know? <laughs> I had to get into some serious fights about like, well, we can't say cocaine because he didn't say cocaine. He admitted to drug addiction, even though we know Zach Efron totally is doing cocaine. We got to say drug addict. I used to like walk. I remember I one time wrote a thing in an article like angrily because I get I got upset with the Kardashians. I remember I one time wrote something like oh if Black China thinks she can get away with this bullshit. She's out of her goddamn mind. Like I remember like writing stuff like that. I was the Woodward and Birdstein of the Kardashians. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you look like the guy doing angry comments on the internet, but no one would ever guess about Kardashians. No, not at all. I was before this, I, the first writing job I had, I was covering hockey. <laughs> so I went from covering hockey to being pissed off that Kylie's lip kits were selling out too fast because <laughs> I felt it was a scam. Like stuff like that. So that was half of my job was celebrity content. And the other half of my job was doing like trending news. Like all those, I describe it as like all of those local puff pieces that like, uh, like, like, let's say this mom throws a birthday party for her kid and, like, nobody shows up. And then she puts on Facebook, like, people come and, like, a million people come. And that becomes, like, a news story. Yeah. Like, those stuff I would, co- I would do. I would uh, cover, uh, like, Harambe and Chewbacca mom and Gangnam Style. And I've met so many Instagram dogs. Uh, you want to get, I'll get into this. You, wanna know what's, you know what's complete bullshit? What? If you have, and we all know this is true, what I'm about dogs, to say. Dogs, period. Yes, let's yeah. wipe them all out. No. Get enough with the dogs. Uh, if you have a dog, that has a severe d- uh, disorder, like or is autistic or something, and has like a face thing. There's autistic dogs. Yeah, and if they become, <laughs> if they become like a, uh, if you start an Instagram account for them and it becomes like viral, you'll make bank yeah. off of that sick dog. Yeah, we would meet the, the dogs. Are, they would get like five figure appearance fees, and the dogs aren't taking a cut of that. Yeah, the humans are taking all of the money from that. So that was what I would do for a while, and then uh, at some point during my time uh, at. At some point during my time at uh, Elite Daily, I started pitching uh, articles that mm-hmm. I wanted to write. I was able to write original content stuff. And one of the articles that uh, I pitched that ended up getting written uh, was I go to my I, it was, I go to my bosses. It was Caitlin and Greg. Uh, back then, if you're listening, hey, Caitlin and Greg. <laughs> uh, and I said, hey, can I try to get uh, hired as a staff writer for a porn website? And this is where the, this is where the whole thing kind of started. A couple weeks before that, I had uh, pitched a video that ended up getting made at Elite Daily, and it was called uh, Porn Stars Do Their Taxes with an Expert. Uh, and we actually got Jaden James to come in, and she did her taxes with this guy, and we shot a, we shot a, a piece, So it did, and it did very well. So I pitched them to try to get staffed as a porn writer, and they... I to this day don't think that I think that they didn't think I was going to follow through on this, but they kind of just like, yeah, sure, whatever, go for it. Um, and I followed through. And... So when I was hired at Elite Daily, I was the first trending news writer that was hired. 
And what that meant was that I became the point of contact for a lot of these PR companies. When you get hired to write for like content producing websites, what happens is that PR P- companies just so fucking flood your exactly. inbox. I'm sure you get the same when, thing. When yeah. I was uh, writing at Laugh Spin, flood your inbox exactly. with shit you don't care about. No, I'd say I would get on average probably towards my end there, I'd probably get 50, to 50 emails a day from I from believe people. it. Uh, I would open maybe forty. I would sorry. I would, I would open maybe five of them, um, and that was there was always the promise of free stuff. That was the only that yeah. was the way to get me to open the email was was uh, me seeing it and being like, oh, I wonder if I can get it free uh, because of this. So I uh, I became a point of contact for all these PR companies, and uh, one of the PR porn websites all have a PR company mm-hmm. uh, because as much as there's porn on there, like if you remember, like Pornhub had like a scholarship pr- fund for like college people. And then there's a publicist who goes and pimps those stories out. Exactly. Yeah. So anytime- And there's like, not just, we actually had one of like the top porn publicists on this show, Lainey yeah. Spicer, who like everyone I've met in the porn industry, everyone knows and loves this woman. Um, and she's, she's just, she's been in the porn industry like a little over 20 years as a publicist. It's porn adjacent. Yes. Exactly. But so, like specifically yeah. porn publicists. <laughs> just pushing out the porn. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, but like that's uh, I, I, this guy who we worked with. Was, uh, his name was Brian Gross, I think was his name. Yeah, I'm I'm talking to him now because he sent me up at AVN. No way, there <laughs> yeah, we go. Yeah. So yeah, so Brian Gross was still okay. in the biz. Brian Gross <laughs> yeah. still got it. Uh, so Brian Gross. So I speak to Brian, Brian Gross had reached out to me, uh, for whatever of whatever the articles they were trying to pitch originally. So from that. Uh, we had, so I, I emailed him and I go, listen, I got this like crazy idea for a story. Uh, is there any chance you can get me in touch with, I know that they had repped Wood Rocket and I actually had covered, uh, a trailer that Wood Rocket had made like before I, it might've been the SpongeBob one or mm. it might've been the Pokemon one. SpongeBob was SpongeNob square balls. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon was, uh, Strokemon. Yeah. Uh, so we had covered the trailer. It's a, it's a parody production company. Yeah. yeah. Which is actually, uh, there's a there's a legal difference that like we that I learned when we had done this. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these porn parodies, they can't be like a story. The story from the thing that they're parodying, and then sex. It needs to be commentary or like a clear joke on the thing that they're parodying. For instance, when we did Hamilton, it couldn't be like Hamilton and a sex scene. It needed to be completely its own thing. It has to be a. Clearly, a joke. It has yeah. to be, yeah. I mean, that was what the People vs. Larry Flint was all about. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That was all about. I mean, as comedians, we all, you know, we talk Carlin, we call, we talk Lenny Bruce. I don't think enough of us recognize how much Larry Flint did for comedy because he was the ones who really gave. He went to Supreme Court and got us the right to do parody of public officials because we can just ridicule people in the public eye. Porn and comedy have always been weirdly linked. Mm-hmm. Um. I was, I'd recently watched the National Lampoon uh, documentary that's on Showtime, which you should watch. It's, it's incredible. But one of the parts of it was about how like National Lampoon, early on, the way that they were able to get their name out there was that they were putting cartoons into Playboy. So it, all of uh, one of that, all of the, uh, the, a lot of the writers from Second City, like Harold Ramis, was writing for Playboy and stuff like that. They've always been so intertwined. Um, all the re- Yeah, they just always have always been intertwined. I think they're probably because they're both like, subcultures or they're both like anti-establishment things you know comedy still is anti-establishment it's still fighting against like you know whoever the, the man is and porn early on was a lot was that also porn wasn't just porn but it was kind of like it was it was a rights thing it, people were mm-hmm. trying to express themselves in a way that they were annoyed that the government was stopping them from doing so anyway so porn and comedy has always been linked um 
so we okay so brian gross okay so i speak to brian gross brian gross hooks me up with uh i speak to this guy named leroy myers leroy owns this company called wood rocket uh who is who i said before you know they make porn parody stuff right so we do you want to stop for like a second uh can we see if the table over there maybe like doesn't all right so i think we've gotten the 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 set the voices out of my head A good sign. Have you atoned for your sins yet? I feel like this uh, is... Right. Well, so you're saying that, like, so legally, the porn parodies have to be so unbelievable. Basically, the idea is that they have to... No one, a reasonable person, shouldn't be able to believe yeah. that this is actually uh, a Simpsons episode. No one no <laughs> one should turn on Hamilton and then, like, 20 minutes and be like, this has nothing to do with the Fed. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... it's you got to see, watch it, and know that it is something completely different from, you know, uh, the original. From, from the original. Um, so, so we speak to. Okay, so I end up. So he hooks me up with uh, with Leroy Myers. Leroy Myers owns Wood Rocket, the company that makes all those parody porns. Um, and we had they made Ass Venture Time. They made uh, uh, Fap to the Future. Such classics. You as. know the Criterion <laughs> collection of, of uh, stuff to masturbate to. Um, uh, what was the other? There's so many. Um, Doctor Horror, Game of Bones. Uh, anyway, so we we fantastic. <laughs> literally, yeah. Like literally, yes. Also, I like to think that all of those puns are against the establishment. Also, yeah. Uh, so we had. So we went to. So I, I call him, um, and uh, I go, "Hey, uh, you know, my name is Aton Levine. I'm a I'm a writer for Lee Daily. Uh, I'd love to talk about doing uh, this article on you guys, uh, where I would get staffed as a porn writer." Uh, to write to, to write a porn for you guys and he goes absolutely not <laughs> and I go oh okay um, and he goes listen like we want if you do this you know we, we of course like theoretically we would you know this would be fine but you know if you do it we don't want you on set like it's a, it's we don't want you on set while, while we're filming it's just not we don't want reporters there which I get I respect obviously like shooting porn's got to be like there's a certain amount of weirdness I guess there. Uh, so having reporters there, I understand that completely. And I go, okay, well, what if I don't, I don't want to be at the shoot itself, uh, which I still, I did from day one. I didn't want to be there while they were shooting it. Um, which maybe that has to do with my, like, you know, more conservative upbringing or maybe, I don't know. It just, it felt like a weird thing to be there doing. Um, so I said, if I don't show up to the shoot itself, can we, uh, you know, can I write it anyways? And he goes, okay, yeah. Uh, why don't you do me a favor and uh, come up with a bunch of ideas for stories and stuff, and then we'll uh, call me in like a week, and you know we'll pick a, pitch me stuff. I don't know if we're gonna accept any of your pitches because we do have a, a, we already have a slate of stuff we're looking to produce, um, but pitch and you know we'll go from there. So I spent the week. I came up with a couple of ideas. I call him the next week, and uh, the first thing I pitch him is Hamilton, and immediately he goes yes. Uh, Incredible. I love it. The name's perfect. Uh, I pitched him a couple other, th- other things he didn't take, uh, but Hamilton was the clear, like going from there. So, uh, so it was your idea from the inception. It was Hamilton was my idea. I don't remember where I, 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 I showed you the showed you that, that, in, that Twitter interaction yeah, I had, right? Freaking Dak <laughs> Shepard later on, Dak Shepard and, and, and Kristen, whatever the hell her name is. It's funny that I know Dak Shepard's name and not the significantly more famous wife's name. Uh, okay. But she, uh, they, a year, a couple, like a year after I'd come up with Hamilton, uh, they made a joke on Twitter and everyone's like, ha ha ha, Hamilton's so funny. And I was pissed. Oh, that's not what I sent you. I oh. sent you what Leroy it said back to me, like how I, I tweeted out, 
oh, I just booked, you know, the writer of the Hamilton oh, porn parody. Okay. And he tweets at me. He doesn't follow me. Yeah. I didn't like hashtag Hamilton. So he was like searching Hamilton on Twitter, found this tweet, responded to me and said, oh, you're interviewing me for what now? I'm like, uh, yeah. I don't know who you are. Like, I'm talking about Aton. And then he said something. He initially says, oh, yeah, he helped write it. Yeah. I sent that screenshot to you. He deletes it. I will, and then re, and then re, re, uh, did a new tweet. Was like, oh yeah, Aton's great. <laughs> no, I let me just say, I don't know what the Leroy is great. He's he's a great guy. I in the end we'll get you know as the story sure. progresses. I did I wrote some of it. I did not. I and I wrote the least amount of it okay. at the end of the day. Um, he wrote it. He, he basically wrote the entire thing minus whatever. Um, and this other person, I don't remember the person's name, but there was three names on the script. Um, so he basically wrote it. Uh, I came up with the idea and, some and the, of the story or yeah, some of the story, I'd say like maybe 10% of it in the end of day. At the oh, end of the you day, fraud. No, no. <laughs> I'm like the, the, the movie about the smiling girl face. Essentially. Uh, no, Big I'm guys. very open. About, yeah. I came up with like, I think the idea was the original idea was mine. Uh, some of this, uh, I'd say the title, the title was mine. A bunch of the story itself was mine. Uh, and then the dialogue, I'd say about 10% of it is, okay. is stuff. Yeah. I was watching it. You uh, really should have had like a created by or like based off the, story, the yeah. concept of essentially yeah. credit. Literally, yeah. Uh, uh, all of a bunch of the, the names of, of the characters are mine. Uh, uh, yeah, and stuff like that. I'm very who, open about this. And who, yeah. and who were the, the, the character names? Let's just get those out of the way. I mean, obviously, Alexander Hamilton, mm-hmm. you know, the star. Played by Tommy Pistol, right? Tommy Pistol. Like, he's, a big, he's a big deal. He's, yeah. a, he's nominated for an AVN. When we had started this process, he was the only name that I knew. Like, immediately, Leroy's like, we got to get him. Uh, there's an obvious problem with uh, uh, porn stars rapping and doing another thing, you know, while they're doing right. it. So, uh, Lee, so Tommy Pistol's like, great in it. And he's actually very good in it also. It's very fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he does that. Uh, then you got Queen Horge, who's played by Missy Martinez, uh, which was, uh, it's been a little bit funny because uh, she's like retweeted me, my non, like I don't, you know, tweet about porn that often, but she's retweeted my non-porn jokes, which has always been very validating, <laughs> knowing that a bunch of porn stars are like thinking that me and a bunch of porn stars have the same uh, sense of humor, which is nice. Um, I don't remember the other lady's name, uh, but you know, the Skylar Fisters, yeah. or the Fister sisters. And of course, they're stepsisters. Obviously, obviously. From, this, from different <laughs> misters. <laughs> you memorize more than that. Which yeah. really bugged me, because if you're a stepsister, is fine, but if they're from different misters, I know you're trying to rhyme it, but then you shouldn't have the same last name. What was there an adoption involved in this? If you have the same mom, you're supposed to have different last names. And that was that was the one plot point that really got to me. Maybe that's where they <laughs> maybe that's where their parents bonded. They're like, ah, we have the same last name. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and then they had sex uh, because of it. And then who? And then Aaron Burr was instead. That's why I've it's why I've uh, had sex with Adam Levine. Uh-huh. It's the exact same thing. Uh, uh, Aaron Boner. Aaron Boner. Uh, I will say Boner is my favorite name in the thing because it was the rest of them are puns because we had you know Queen Horge yeah. and uh, George, I don't remember if George Washington's made it in but George Washington's was like no, an original character. So it was just funny because they all had like you know like kind of clever names. You know like Hamilton was like kind of clever, Washington was kind of clever, and then just Aaron Boner. <laughs> like that was it. Uh, so Aaron Boner's in it, and I think that was like everybody. For it was a small cast, very small. Cast. It was kind of like the it's waiting for Godot. Se- oh, waiting for Godot porn. It's just, well, it's, yeah, it's one scene. But what I loved about it is like there's it's like five minutes before you see fucking anything. It's eight minutes. Oh, until sex happens. Yeah, and then there's sex, and then there's about five minutes of like wrap up the at the story. end. Yeah, yeah. Of uh, yeah. Anyway, so okay, so I pitch him the story idea. We uh, it gets accepted. 
at this point, I tell uh, Elite Daily is aware of this, um, and Elite, there was a, a separation between uh, my department and the video team. Uh, so when we told the video team, they had actually gone on board. So now this became an article and a documentary that we were that was getting shot. Right. So we go uh, to we go to um, we speak to him. We ends up being decided that we're going to fly out to Vegas to write this porn. Um, so this also is an interesting point in this thing because I now have to decide if I want if I want my name to be associated with this. Right. Uh, like I said before, I was born in a, and raised in a pretty religious community, um, and obviously my parents were not a fan of this. Uh, so on we so the documentary like the first scene in the documentary is you know I had to call my mom and tell her, and I go you know I'm going to uh, Vegas to to write this porno, and she goes No, you're not, and I, I'm like. I'm like, yeah, I have to go. She's like, you're absolutely not going. If you go and write this porn, your sisters will never get married. You will never get married. I would rather you join ISIS than do this to our family. My mom has that prepared. I would rather you join ISIS. Put that on a poster. Oh, man. If that sentence has followed me for a year and a half. So we film. So that scene where we're filming this uh, this call, I'm sitting on a couch in like the in one of the the conference rooms. Behind that is the producer, the camera guy, and then my ed- like three editors who are there, and everyone is dying of laughter when they hear my mom go, "I would rather you join ISIS and do this to us," and I'm on the verge of tears. Oh no! Because I'm I, cause it's so funny, but it's so like awful what I feel like I'm doing. So at this, so I, I'm, I'm. This is the first time I ever talked about this, but I was very conflicted early on. Oh. I almost dropped out of it once, and it was right after that phone call. Uh, but I didn't. Um, I've never actually admitted to that. Uh, but I did. There was a, a moment after that where I did almost drop out of it because I didn't know if I wanted my name, or I, I was almost about to do it as an anonymous sure. uh, thing at the very least. So we go. Okay, so. I decided, so we do it. I go over to uh, Vegas and we go to the porn. And so we go to the, um, to Wood Rocket Studios. Wood Rocket Studios is literally in the, in, uh, uh, is attached to a, a, uh, a porn store. I can actually show you the, the photos, which is great for the podcast. <laughs> um, in this audio medium. Yeah. Uh, vamp, 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 vamp. It's all right. I'm, yeah. It's going. It's going to be cutting, cut, cut. Anyway, going through. Come on. I'm clearly not taking Bo Burnham's uh, <laughs> advice, where it's like, every, uh, never waste a moment. Every moment can be a comedic moment. All because he's 20 years old and doesn't sleep doesn't mean that I need to do what he does. <laughs> that effing uh, prodigy. You know how pissed off Bo Burnham makes me? Because he's so good and so fucking me young. Me too. Me too. He's one of those that you just you see and you're like. Uh, that you, Comedy Central like, Presents special was what? Our sophomore, junior years. Yeah. In, in high school. Yeah, right, I don't know. How, a, well, yeah, he, no, he was a uh, yeah. No, we're the same age. No, it was our sophomore junior year of college, no. and he was like just about to drop out of NYU because he's was like that? a year below us. He he, he did U- something big in high school. He was like big. Well, when yeah, I was he had a big YouTube channel. That's what, okay, and that's then he had his own yeah. album. And they took that first self released album and they made it into a Comedy Central Presents. Man, and it's good. It's, it's so yeah. good. I that was the one that's like uh, the math song and things like that. And, he had like a grasp of like the language and comedy. So early, yeah. I, un, it, I mean, he reminds me of Carlin. Yeah, just uh, Carlin, but, but with cuter. 
with cuter with a with a way more breakable. This is the studio. It's you can see it's it's uh it's uh, just a tacky adult toys DVD sign and then Lions Den. Exactly. It is literally a it's a porn store like an adult store and we go in. Um. So this is. I can give you all these pictures later if you want. Oh, also, sure. so this is a so we, we go in. Uh, this isn't going to suit the story, but we go in uh, and immediately what happens is that you know I go. Uh, I, he takes me on a little bit of a tour of the studio itself. Uh, I, the sets on the their soundstage. There's about four or five stages that are set up. Um, we had they had just finished filming the ten inch mutant ninja ten inch mutant ninja turtles <laughs> uh, porn. So that uh, so that was still set up the, the the set was set up next to it is where they actually filmed Hamilton uh, is the set of full holes the full house uh, parody of course now, if you watch Hamilton you can actually see like the set kind of looks like the living room from full house but like completely emptied out with just the couch literally if you were to take all of the furniture and stuff out of the set it looks the same as the full house set from you know from the show so so there's that uh next to that was uh the game of thrones bo- the game of bones throne uh-huh. was right there I, some of the uh sponge knob uh was uh, set was still up uh some of the ass adventure time i think was still up uh, some of the Dr. Horse stuff I think was still up. Um, but yeah, so we go in. Uh, I get to try on the SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants suit. And you're like, you know, you don't have to pay me anymore. Like, I'm good now. I'm literally happy. And there's a moment where I'm putting it on and I'm like, man, someone fucked with this. This is, <laughs> this is kind of interesting. And it's funny also because there's like a hole by where the, the penis is supposed yeah. to go out. And I just remember thinking like, oh man, I don't I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Like, it's just, it, it, was, it was weird. Anyway, so we write it... Um, so we write it like a script. I, it was it was interesting to write a porn because uh, I thought that we'd kind of just start writing. But what really happened is that we first had to figure out story and plot and characters, you know, and where we wanted the story to go and what the story was going to be about. Um, so there was actual like thought and it's, it, some of the charts that I have pictures on look like the same charts I have from like when I write pilots and stuff like that. Yeah, like, it's, it's the same thing. And you have less time uh, to do it in mm-hmm. in the sense of. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's got to be similar to like with an action movie because in action there's all that action stuff where there's no actual like plot development yeah. and dialogue. So you actually have less dialogue and like plot development time. <laughs> exactly. Die Hard without the action scenes is twenty minutes of conflict of a guy, resolution. Yeah, it's just a guy like in a fight with his wife. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's just a beautiful story. It's literally like the November, no November, or a Family Man essentially. Right. Yeah. So we. So it's. So I mean, what, like, what type of ideas are you throwing out? Like, what were some yeah. ideas that got thrown out and you didn't even make? Oh man, I. What's I, your favorite thing that didn't make it into the script? Favorite thing that didn't make it into the script is just a line that I had uh, where uh, at the end of it, Hamilton dies at the end of it. Spoiler alert. Um, and at the end of it, I wanted to have during the wrap up when everyone's saying like all the all the things that he's accomplished. I don't know if you ever seen the musical. Yeah. Oh yeah, you saw it. So at the end oh, of yeah. it, they're kind of just saying like you know they're having that moment like we we died for him, we mm-hmm. fought for him, you know whatever. So at the end, we have our own version of that. And originally, I did have a line that was in, that was in it that just went Hamilton wrote the other sixty nine, and I thought that that was a funny one that did not <laughs> exactly. Face palm. It's just such a. It's just such an obscure reference within the thing. We uh, we uh, the story ended up being. Um, I, I don't remember the plot that got thrown out or whatever because we really just. I didn't. I don't think I thought about that stuff before because I didn't think that it would be anything more than that. like you said. Like I got the pun. I'm done. This yeah, is, we're good, right? Let's shoot it. I don't need any. You've got what you need from me. It was. <laughs> it was the, the the musical or the porn is thirty minutes. I think a little bit yeah. under twenty of it is 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 you know sex. So. 
like you said, like all of that plot had to be pushed in before and after. So what we end up coming up with is the story of this is the original the original plot. It is not like the the plot that ended up getting put into Hamilton. Uh-huh. So the plot goes like this: There's a guy named Hamilton. He was living in uh in like the beach, like down in the Bahamas, and he's shooting girls gone wild style porn. The original uh, opening lines to the musical were, uh, what does it take to make a well-endowed man shooting flashes of gashes in the Caribbean, (laughs) drunk colonial spring breakers on an anti-candy can, but just like Tom Hanks, he wanted to be a big man to do legit porn, but the islands are holding him back. Uh, something, uh, t- girls' tight shirt, shorts, uh, something, something gacked was a, a phrase. But basically, he's in, uh, you know, in the Bahamas shooting yeah. uh, porn, and he wants to go up to America to become a big porn star. But King Horge uh, has British porn rules, and the British porn rules state that you can only have very boring sex on camera. Oh. So he wants to go up there and be a revolutionary. And changes it. One of the things that eventually did get cut from from it was that we had a montage of uh, it was the battle of the battle of Porktown, <laughs> uh, and it was going to be a fight. Uh, it was British porn versus like American porn, and it was just uh, you know it was porn puns versus porn puns about yeah. like uh, you know Debbie does Plymouth cock. You know stuff like that, that. but the Debbie does uh, does Plymouth Cock made it in there, I yeah. Th- so I don't. I think that may have come from the original script. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. Once again, Leroy, don't shoot me. Uh, uh, but that was like, uh, that, yeah. Anyway, so we had that. It's so, so weird that when you, I, I just you say don't shoot me, but I think about like a porn producer in Vegas. Like, yeah, I might shoot you. I don't know. <laughs> he can I just say something about Leroy? Leroy is one of the nicest men I've okay. ever I've ever met in my entire life. But more than that, while we're shooting the documentary, it becomes very clear. That in an alternate timeline, he's me. Uh. He literally is just like a funny, you know, kind of chunky guy like I am who was working in TV, didn't like it. So he wanted to create stuff and he wanted to make it faster and he didn't want like red tape. So he opened up his own studio and he puts out stuff, you know, which I think is I did not expect someone to get into porn like that. I don't know what I expected them to. I don't know what I expected someone to be doing before they ended up in the situation that they're in. Not that it's a bad situation, but like I did not expect it to be someone who was working in TV, thought that it was annoying how, how long it would take to make stuff. Mm -hmm. So he got out and found a way to make stuff faster and way to turn out stuff. Cause when I found out, we'll get to this later, but when I found out that Hamilton was actually being made uh, in between then and when it was released was about a week, a little bit under a week. Uh, if that I found out the release day well you thought it was like a year or so ago you yeah. thought it was gonna happen and then there's all this exactly gap so, time yeah so what happens is, so we shoot we shoot the porn Hamilton get so okay so, let me back up so we finish the script um, okay the end of the story is that Hamilton comes to he, so Hamilton comes to America starts doing porn he decides I'm going to do one thing that British porn rules don't allow I'm gonna do anal sex now at this point also something interesting I learned the script that we wrote literally was like I think five or 10 pages of rap. And then it stops. It goes parentheses BGA, which means boy, girl, anal. Okay. And then it finishes the script. So I thought that was interesting. Like that's how they kind of market where there was like dialogue, BGA dialogue. Right. So, uh, they, they film the sex. What happens is that they're at like the AVNs back the, the like the con- mm. confederated constitutional AVNs or whatever we said. Um, Hamilton. And then, uh, King, uh, sorry, and then uh, Aaron Boner uh, gets up there and goes, "Oh, Hamilton did this illegal porn." So he ends up uh, showing the anal sex porn, 
and everyone's like, oh, you guys have to duel now yeah. because whatever, which ends up just being whoever who would masturbate and like last the longest, I think was like the thing we ended up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Hamilton dies yeah. uh, of exhaustion. Because, and the, I remember that the, the, you ever seen uh you ever seen uh bloody bloody andrew jackson the musical no um there's a line in it where they talk about how his mom dies of a broken heart and the dialogue is like and his mom died of a broken heart because that because you died from stuff like that back then (laughs) so like that was the same thing that for me was like hamilton died of exhaustion back then uh, back in the in the 1700s sometimes you just came too hard you literally literally that he came so hard that i know hamilton died in the early 1800s stop (laughs) correcting me okay (laughs) they're gonna i are gonna rail you in the forums on this so wait why was there this big gap between when we saw each other at sing street and when the thing, because that was like a year or so ago, and then yeah. it just came out recently in December. Yeah. So what happens is that so we leave. So I leave Vegas. I, I end up. I go back. I finish the script. I send him the script, and um, there's production delays. I I was calling it adult production hell. You know, like it, it just it got delayed uh, uh. on their part. Um, and eventually, and it just it kept on getting delayed and delayed and delayed. Um, for no other reason, I just then was, they were like, "Well, you know, we're so close to Oscar season, so we gotta like strategically release." <laughs> well, there was that issue because we were uh, we had done it before they had won the Tony, mm-hmm. so it was so we had tried to get it. We kept on trying to like get it uh, at certain like uh, milestones for it, um, and eventually just kept on getting postponed, postponed, postponed. I thought it was gonna be dead. At this point, Elite Daily is kind of shutting down. Uh, I, to be honest, I, I was a little bit aware that they were going to be shutting Elite Daily down. I, at the time, there were like 120 people that were working there. Like when they had a mass layoff, I think like 100 plus of us got laid off at the same time. Um, so when this happens, I lose my connection to Leroy because, uh, you know, his, I don't have his email or anything like that. Um, I lose the documentary, essentially, because they have all the footage. Luckily, uh, off the record, we may or may have not have gotten that footage. Um so we oh on the record it's not like a, oh okay. yeah. I was like doing it that was like more uh, yeah I don't think okay. I think Bustle owns the stuff now sure. if they want it they can they can have it I mean whatever so we uh, they own it I mean it's, it's in one of their servers yeah. somewhere so, so yeah I'm not gonna get sued for this basically no no no, no it's yeah. fine so so your yeah your elite daily's gone like you don't have the job like exactly. it's gone you you don't have the job anymore you don't have the connections you yeah. don't know what's going on you don't even know this porn that you worked real fucking hard on for three hundred dollars yeah. and upset your poor mother over <laughs> yeah uh, is even gonna fucking happen and it's annoying also because this was such a public thing like we had like a press release and we had yeah. like you know people knew and people kept on asking me and I I was like listen I don't know what's gonna happen I don't know what's gonna happen and I was I, at some point I just thought this is gonna be like the coolest thing that never happened basically right. so. At some point, I, so Lee Daily ends. I get I'm I get a new job. I'm doing fine. I, the porn is just a thing that I wrote, and a friend of mine messages me and goes, "I think a friend of mine got casted in your porn." And I go, "What?" And he goes, "Hamilton." And I meet my first reaction was, "Someone stole my idea." Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, "Oh, send me what? How do you know she posted? Let me see it." And he sends me her post, and it's the poster we worked on for Hamilton. And I'm like, "Oh my god." Is Hamilton happening now? And I call uh, Leroy. I remember I'm in 86 on Broadway. I'm walking around. I call Leroy and I go, hey, you, uh, what's what's happening with, with Hamilton? And he goes, oh, we've been emailing you. Uh, we're making it. And I go, oh, my God. I 
my Elite Daily email shut down. And he goes, oh, we were trying Twittering you. And I never got a tweet. So that means that someone with a similar name to me yeah. has just been getting tweets from Leroy being like, Some hey, other Orthodox Jew exactly. named Aton Levine. <laughs> so that, there's another one who's, <laughs> one of the other Aton Levines is getting tweets every day that's like, hey, we're making your porn. And they're like, and I don't know what you're talking about. Or or he's like, oh, yes, finally. I've been <laughs> mailing them scripts every month. <laughs> <laughs> or he's like, finally, they're making an Aton Levine parody porn. Yes. <laughs> a porn about my life. About my sad, <laughs> my sad, sad life yeah. and then sobs uh so i call him and he's like uh he's like more than i'm on set right now and i go oh my god you're literally on set and he's like yeah and i go what what when's it coming out and he goes in a week and i go oh my god uh so i find out that the porn is getting made right. um and then it comes out and we have this like big party we had a, a release event in uh, at videology in brooklyn and uh that was kind of the story which, which you had uh jamie loftus performed on who jamie. uh she recorded the day of your release party oh she she's on the pot she's so yeah she was funny. uh she was last month's comedian I, she's got the funniest she's great. uh instagram I'm sorry. It's the funniest like Facebook and Instagram I've ever seen in my entire life. Right. Uh, we, I never, I never met her. I never seen her perform. I literally just knew she was in town because she had posted about, uh, about she's performing sure. her, her thing at the pit. So I go, is there any chance you'd want to perform this? And she goes, yes. Yeah. And she came. It was, it was incredible. We had, uh, from, from that day, we also had, uh, the person that plays queen horge happens to live in Brooklyn. <laughs> her name is, uh, uh, Oh, she's Melissa Martinez. You said no, uh, no. She played uh, the f- Fister sister. Her name is Clara Biznas, but she has like a, an official name. She's in something called Handjob Academy, which is like a rap. She doesn't do porn. She's porn adjacent. Okay, is this term that I've been finding? Uh, yeah, yeah. And having to use. Uh, so she came uh, uh, to to be part of the Q and A. Also, David DeCaglia, who it makes all the music uh, for these porns. He did you know the Strokeymon theme song and the. You know, and the uh, SpongeBob Square, uh, a uh, Square Balls theme, and then song. you and a bunch of hipsters in Brooklyn literally uh, watched yeah. a porno together. Exactly, and it was so funny because there were people there from like who I knew from Jewish. How long high was school. the line at the bathroom? Be like, okay, I need to get in right now. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. Well, okay, so I did this very smart. I watched it the the day of uh, the night before we had gotten a cut of it. Sure. Um, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever been to the Museum of Sex? I yeah. See, okay. Museum of Sex, if you go with people, is fun for 10 minutes and weird for an hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so this was a similar thing. You know, we had got, I got the porn in and about three minutes into the sex part. I'm like, wow, we can't just show the sex. So what I did was that when we showed it on the screen, we had the first like eight minutes go. And then as the sex is happening, uh, Right when it's about when when the guy's penis is about to get pulled off, I I put myself into the video, uh, just like a video from home where I'm like, oh man, this is hot stuff. Well, for now, <laughs> I'm gonna do I'm gonna do you all a favor and we're gonna mute the porn and then like me and Taylor Ortega, who's a, a comedian, one of my good friends, yeah. she was so freaking funny. So we she hosted like one of the Q and A's with me. Um, you did the Q and A during the during fucking. the sex. So literally, it was fucking above me. And then uh, me and Taylor uh, with microphones talking, uh, trying to move, make it not awkward. Move. The smartest thing I've ever done. Uh, that yeah. way no one's like jerking off during the movie. No. I assumed every, I was jerking everyone's minds off <laughs> sure. you know, with my great answers. Yeah. Uh, so he, yes. Yeah, jerking so, off during the movie must yeah, be weird. We also had uh, Skylar Fulton, who was uh, one of the producers for the documentary, uh, who was there. Um, and it was a beautiful night. It was a weird, beautiful night where uh, I, in a million years, I can't imagine a scenario that would have gotten me uh, to, the, to that time and place in my life. Amazing. It was a, it was a highlight. Yeah. Well, in the story of this, the one, the, the, the one minuscule appearance cameo even uh, on the cutting room floor that I appear in, 
is I went to go see Sing Street last year, yes. which is a wonderful movie. If you want to cry your eyes out and believe in love again, I'm, I you should be you should let them know though. No one fucks in it. No one fucks in it. It's all kids. It's, it's all, all kids, kids. So you know, not acceptable. Except for the woman who, except for the woman in it who you're like the whole time who's supposed to be like hitting on this teenager, and you're like you're thirty, right? Right. right. And uh, and so I go to see Sing Street, and I get to the what was then my. The Bowtie Cinema, which is that that movie theater on Twenty Third, is still my favorite movie theater in New York City, and I'm so bummed that Movie Pass doesn't cover it. Uh, I've complained. It's so, like Citropolis. Cit- it, now, now it's or a Cinepolis. Cinepolis, yeah. yeah. And then when it changed over, they don't carry it no more. But they have caramel popcorn. So yeah, it's just, it's, ah, it's, it's like an, it's a date theater. You know what I mean? Like yeah. AMC is like where you take. Your 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 Gumar, you know, but you take your wife like a fuck buddy. Yeah. Oh, it's like an Italian in in the mafia. You got you got your wife and you got yeah. It's like your concubine. Yeah. Yeah, So you take your Gumar to AMC. You take your wife to Cinepolis. Cinepolis. So I go and it's it's like the afternoon, so it's completely empty at the time I walk in, and I jokingly take a picture of the empty theater and say. Hey, Twitter, anyone want to have sex in a movie theater right now? I'm on 23rd Street, seeing Sing Street uh, for the 3.30 showing. DM me. Come through and DM me or whatever. Because I was like, hey, best case scenario, like just a random Twitter follower shows up and like wants to fool around. Like, Has that happened before? I've hooked up with Twitter followers, but that like me saying, who wants to fuck right now? No, I'm not that cool. <laughs> okay. Not nearly. You're not you're not like a star. You're not like Josh Hutcherson. You know no, what I mean? no. If, who, if Josh Hutcherson posted like, "Who wants to suck my dick right now?" I'm on this corner. There'd be a line. Exactly. Yeah, I'm at the Best Buy on 14th and Broadway. <laughs> Twitter nation, blow me in the blow parking me. lot. Yeah. So I tweet this picture, just ho- kind of hoping, and I'm still in this theater by myself. And then the lights come down. And I I don't think I saw you come in with the lights on because yeah. I don't think this would have happened this way. If not, anyways. Um. I came there to fuck you, by the way. Ah, <laughs> shit. I missed I my opportunity. I know. <laughs> so I get a DM from this woman who is like a journalist, but like also a sex worker sometimes. She, I had paid her to lick my asshole years ago. And like, we've, we've all never got one her. of those. I mean. Right. Uh, <laughs> it was when I had just moved in my apartment. The show was like two episodes old. I moved into my apartment and I had the place to myself for a week and I wasn't dating anyone. I had no hookup prospects for those four days and I was running out of time to like make use of this completely empty house to myself. So I was like, okay, let's get like a happy ending massage at least. Cause that I can do comfortably without people in the home. And I, I go, I do my shopping, settle on this one person cute. And I was like, it was affordable, good price. And I was like, hey, like, and I was like, well, what would be acceptable? I like kissing. So I was like, would you do kissing? And then I think I just threw out there. I was like, what about rimming? And she's like, we could do that. I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's do it. Comes over. It was a great time. And then we just mostly sometimes ra- randomly on the internet said, hey. She starts DMing me, flirting me. And I was like, oh, you're going to come by? She's like, oh, no, I can't. I can't. But then starts sending me like naughty pictures. And now the trailers are on. But like, I'm just sitting there kind of just like, okay, pictures. Some guy walked in. And walked, for some reason, right into the fucking uh, row in front of me with, like, three or four seats over. So, like, in theory, I'm, like, sort of peripheral vision of his if he were to look even a little bit to the right. And I start getting hard. And she starts coaxing me. I start, like, oh, I'm so hard. I'm so horny. She's like, you should, like, touch yourself right now. And I'm like, I'm in the theater during this. I didn't know you were in the theater. <laughs> no, the, the guy who walked in front of me is a different guy because you were on the far left 
totally different area. But I like a row to myself. So I, I, I took my coat and I covered my whole body. It's a big coat. And then I took my dick out and I started jerking off in the theater. And I'm in the theater while this is happening. During the trailers before Sink Street. And 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 like I finished, but like I have to finish before the movie starts because the movie is all kids. Yeah. If you get caught jerking off during the trailers and like Kate Winslet's up there, yeah. someone would be like, it, it, "It's deniability." You it's have like right Shawshank Redemption. It's like you know, it's forgivable if not uh, <laughs> understandable if not forgivable. Yeah, that's the same <laughs> problem. When I saw uh, Madagascar Three, Europe's Most Wanted, I was like, I can't jerk off when David Schwimmer the giraffe is on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta get, you gotta finish before the kids come on screen. Uh, so like, I jerked off in the theater. <laughs> is it first time jerking off in a theater? I've done stuff in theaters, but I've never jerked off in the theater. Yeah, certainly haven't finished in the theater uh, by myself. And so, but I did. But you've that. attempted to before? No, I don't. Okay. Th- I don't. I don't believe so. I do not. Ha- I, d- I cannot recall. This is. I for me, I would remember that for all time. I feel <laughs> like I would, but I have terrible memory sometimes. So okay. who knows? I've uh, so, but and I'm like also like taking pictures for her too during this. So oh, I did that. I then I watched this beautiful movie. It's, uh, really, honestly, if you haven't seen it, Sing Street. People. It is so nice of a movie. It's the movie you always see a trailer for or look at the post for. And be like, oh, maybe I could see that, and you never watch it. But I'm so glad I saw it because it was just, you know, makes you believe in love. And plus, you probably saw it with like a new, like, <laughs> I was a refreshing. I was very clear headed. We'll say <laughs> that. So, uh, and then the, you know, so then the movie's over and everything's good. I'm, I'm a lefty. So, like, I don't have to worry about like shaking people's hands. But then the lights come on and I'm like, oh, Aton. <laughs> Hi. How you doing? Wearing yeah, I'm there. goggles by chance? <laughs> Your uh, like your old priest is there. Your whole family's there. right. Just more and more people from your life. I mean, it's pretty much just three people. It was like the guy in front of me, and then like us two. And uh, oh my god. And so, and then, and then you tell me like, oh, I got. I'll tell you a thing, but you can't tell anybody because yeah. it's kind of secret. I got hired. To, I, I we're making. And a you were one of the first people to know. You knew before my mom knew. You knew before flattered. everyone. Knew. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, and that was that was the one thing in the story that like I fondly remember. <laughs> that is, is when, so funny. <laughs> is me jerking <laughs> off in the theater. Co- being coaxed by some person I don't fool around with. Did you have you did you see her after? I, I've ne- I've never seen this woman in person since the time I paid her to fool around to with kiss me. Your butthole. To kiss my butthole. That's nice. Well you should did you send her did you tell her about Hamilton? No. You gotta no. you gotta tell her. Well well I didn't tell her then because I was I was sworn to secrecy. Oh yeah, that's right. That's and I'm right. Uh, I I'm, I'm very loyal. So four knocks of information over here. So there was that, and that's a story I don't think I've ever told <laughs> at least in its full entirety before, and that's, that's uncomfortable so to say. Well, it's you, a PG thirteen movie. Have you done it since? No, 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 no. I yeah. again, like I said, I've I've fucked in uh, I haven't fucked in a movie theater What's yet. So far as you've done Well, just lots of oral. Okay. I've done plenty of orals in theaters. Okay. And if, have you given or you've just received? I, the first time was, uh, she blew me. Then I went down on her and fooled around with her a bit. And how mechanically does that, like you can mechanically, like it's easier to go down on a guy than a girl. Sure. How do you do that? You got to get up in there. Once like one, you're having her scooch to the front and then oh, she's wearing like a little black dress in this, in in this scenario with no panties because that's how I directed her to. I believe I've told this story before, but. I mean, probably years ago. I don't think I've told this story in a long time. But essentially, it was someone on the internet on like a random site. I pitched her a scenario. We walked uh, We walked into this movie Tuesday afternoon at the Regal. 
No one's really there. We're in the far back. I go in separately. She knows the. We're come gonna in. go see Spy Kids. Uh. <laughs> no, it was um, it was in betweeners too, because <laughs> that's just what was on. I think it was a movie. I was like, what will no one be at? Originally, <laughs> originally I picked Premium Rush because like who's gonna go watch Josh Gordon Levitt on a bicycle? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, as and I'm online and I'm like hearing everyone say, "Oh, Josh, Premium Rush, Premium Rush." I'm like. Okay, maybe I shouldn't pick this one. I'm sure that was a huge problem for a lot of people. <laughs> right. And but yeah, and all of them were trying to get blowjobs yeah. in there. And so and we're in the back. So she knows to come in, look for a guy in a white hat, sit down next to me, don't say anything. And when I touch your thigh, that's the sign that we can start fooling around. And so like I purposely make her wait sitting next to me oh in God. silence before we start fooling around. When I put my hand on her thigh, like then we start making out. I start touching her. I'm putting my hand up her dress and her, she's wearing a little black dress with no bra, no panties because that's those were the instructions. We have very different movie experiences. Right. Uh, then she she goes down on me. Then I go down on her, and then um, then a little bit later, I, I watched very little of the movie. A little bit yeah. later, she she blew me a second time, and uh, and then the movie was over. She blew me like pretty much right before the credits That's started, nice. and uh, and and then I've never seen her again. Still want to get her on the show, but she's very shy. Uh, very. Shy. I can imagine. Yeah, she's... the second time I got blown in a movie theater. <laughs> Was, I one time, this is the extent of, I one time made out in a subway station. That's the closest like, I get to this. Um, <laughs> second time was I saw Silver Linings Playbook with uh, Mistress J, which, who is a fan favorite of this podcast. She's uh, episode two, and then some other random return episode. Uh, a lot of people seem to like her. We went to go so- see Silver Linings Playbook down at the Angelica. Yeah. And... I did not know I was going to get blown. We're in the back, and the theater with the, the particular theater we were in was one where the door is just directly to my left is the door to come in. So although we're in the furthest back, you, someone opens that door like boom, hi, it's us. Yeah, we're, I'm just watching the movie because I was like, this is it's David O. Russell. This is going to be an amazing it's incredible film. Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, a beautiful tale Fantastic. of love and mental health disorders. Yeah, we get to the the scene where like they're practicing and I think he calls her out on the letter or something. Yeah. And I'm crying, like I'm starting to tear up. I'm yeah. in tears. And then we get to the next scene. I'm starting like, you know, wiping my face and, and then Jay puts her hand on my thigh. And I'm like, what? And all of a sudden, like, I'm, I'm like instantly hard. She grabs my cock over my jeans. I'm looking around because like the Angelica, if you've ever been, it's very tight rows. Like it's not conducive for much movement. There's kind of people who could, in theory, see us. If you take your Gumar to AMC and your wife to Sinopolis, <laughs> then you take like the, the professor you're trying to have sex with to the Angelica. Angelica yeah. It's that kind of theater. Yeah. And she just really unbeknownst to me, just takes my cock out. Nice. And then just fucking goes to town, and like it was a hot blowjob. I wasn't expecting it. Was did it have anything to do with the movie itself? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't like a hot scene. She, I guess, she just was feeling horny, oh, and yeah. just grabbed my cock. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm game, whatever. I gotta follow you for like a day and just see like what's. It seems like you just fall into vaginas. That's like, the as thing. You're my my daily life's not that exciting, but I do fall into stuff. I find yeah. that most of the sex I have is purely by accident. I don't deserve most of it. Um, <laughs> And uh, that's and the then, saddest thing I've ever heard of. And the third time I got blown in a movie theater. 
Uh, it was the second time I saw Avengers Civil War. Oh, it was the third. Sorry, it was the third time I saw Avengers Civil War. I went with my ex girlfriend and I took her to see it because she hadn't seen it. I was like, I could see that that parking that airport fight scene as many times as anybody wants. It's a great scene. Yeah. So we go do it, but like she blows me. I it was in a one of those theaters where it's just ample. I think it was Sinopolis again. Uh, <laughs> it's just. Ample. Sinopolis is a brothel fronting as a movie theater. Right. I'm starting to just, learn. It has just these huge leather seats. So we had all the room in the world in the second row. No one could fucking see us. Uh, so just there's a lot of just going down on each other. And if we had been fluid bonded at the time, probably would have fucked. The only reason we probably didn't fuck was because like we didn't want to go through the rigmarole. Okay, now we gotta get a condom and try to arrange ourselves and still have me be hard. I think if she could have just simply sat on me, yeah, I think we would have done that. Uh, so yeah, are you, movies are fun. Yeah, I mean, they different than my experience. All of my experiences are I sneak food into it, and that's <laughs> and that's it. I essentially uh, the the the, mo- the dirtiest thing I ever did was sneaking two hot dogs from Five Guys into a movie theater, <sighs> and then Ooh. you know what I did? Yeah, uh, I ate them uh-huh. with my urethra. Mm, you dirty boy! Put them right up my urethra. Yeah, this is <laughs> dirty, dirty boy. The worst way. That's hilarious. So, I'm so you have your mother. Had, oh no! Oh, absolutely. She's not. She's not getting. She's not getting wind of this podcast. Did you? Okay, wait. So have you ever? So you've never had sex in a theater. Yet? I've never had like penis and the vagina sex in a movie theater. So, but that is is that like on the bucket list? Is of that course. a goal? And yeah. Where's the? Okay, this is such a like a cliche question. But like, where is? The, I feel like with everyone else, there's like a, a stupid answer. Where's the weirdest place that you've penis in a vagina? Uh, it's a tie for two right now. Uh. There is, I had sex in an NYPD parking lot by accident. By accident? Yeah. I, with a cop? I, nah, with oh, just man. a chick. There's a, a short story, and, and y'all can go find Christina's episode from like, I don't know, she's I, back in like the teens or the 20s, it has to do with art, I think. I answered a Craigslist ad for someone who wanted to mold a penis for an art project. She wants to meet, she, so then we meet at a bar to talk to make sure I'm not crazy, and that she's not going to cut my dick off. Uh, but even then, it's like, uh, you know, was it good? <laughs> <laughs> we talk, but we end up kind of flirting during it. And then we make out. And then we start. She's like, you want to get out of here? Sure. We start walking. And this is out. It's not far from where the creek in the cave is. Oh, okay. I kind of just like see an alley and kind of just like pull her in and be like, hey, let's go in here and fool around. We make out. There's a dumpster. We kind of like hide behind it because you can't see us from there. And then we then we fuck behind this dumpster. Uh, but as I'm watching people walk by on the sidewalk as we're hidden, Whoa. when we're finished, and it just looked like a generic parking lot, we were like, "Oh, parking lot." Finished, start walking out, and I start noticing as we walk out of it, I'm like, "There's a lot of cop cars in here. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of cops cars." <laughs> then we walk out the alley, and I look up, and it's a precinct. Oh, sorry, across <laughs> the street is the precinct. Did you feel like at all, like, like? Fuck you, de Blasio. Like, I never understand why people hate de Blasio. One day someone will explain it to me. I'm too busy hating Trump to give go. a shit. Exactly. But there um, was no point of your like, okay. No, there was no like, sticking to the man. There was just like, oh my God, we got away with it. Yeah, Commissioner Let's get Kelly. Out of here. This yeah. is on you, Commissioner Kelly. Yeah. Time for the fan whore appreciation moment. What is up? This is the part of the podcast where I like to give some shout outs to a few of my, uh, my official fan whores on Patreon. Big shout out to Mike H in SF. Uh, nice to finally be sharing a zip code with you, buddy. Gunther, long live Chili. Whatever that means. Uh, you seem really passionate about it. Thanks for supporting the show. And a big shout out to David H. Thanks for the bed, buddy. Girlfriend and I and others uh, have been thoroughly enjoying it. 
I can't wait to meet you and the wife at ManhorCon. And you too can join the club for as little as $1 per month. Every dollar you pledge goes towards supporting me and the Manhor podcast and all the work that we're doing over here. Simply go to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. But now let's wrap up with Aton Levine. The oh second place was uh, I took to go meet my mother. Wow. Okay. Uh, I didn't tell her we were meeting my mother. I just said, meet me at the Port Authority. Um, don't ask questions. Uh, okay. So I take her to the gate. I was just like, where are we going? I was like, I'm not telling you. Does this end with you fucking in Port Authority? Because <laughs> No, I did not fuck in the okay. Port Authority. That is disgusting. That's essentially a demilitarized zone. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's true. There are dudes with M16s just casually <laughs> being there on watch. Like that's it's the there. It's the worst part of New York. It's the worst part of New York. <laughs> yeah. So, so I tell her, I, I, we go to the gate where the bus to back to my hometown in Jersey is. And she's like, where are we going? I'm not telling you. She doesn't even know we're going to Jersey because it's not even a New Jersey transit bus. It's a Rockland County bus. Uh, it's a Rockland coaches bus. Right. So that could be going who knows where. Yeah. And we get on the bus and I, she probably picked up an idea as we're on the thing. But I'm taking, I'm going to take her to my hometown show her the hood. But as we're on the bus, like just, you know, we're being silly. We're making out. We're fooling around. How many people are on this bus? Well, as people, you know, get off the buses, okay. we get stops along. So probably like maybe 40 minutes into the thing, like we're towards the back, sort of towards the back, not even the full back, but there's no one really behind us. We notice not, you know, there's like maybe a half dozen people in front of us on a big coach bus. And I like, I'm, I'm kind of fingering her. She's really wet. And at the time we're fluid bonded, meaning we're not using condoms. Yeah. So I took my cock out and she's stroking and she's sucking. And I'm like, here, get on. And I have her sit on my cock, and then I fuck her on this moving bus. There's a man, two two rows. In Ironically, front of us. Sing Street is playing. Sing Street this- is playing on the bu- coach bus. <laughs> yes, yes, bringing back memories. Uh, two seats in front of us. There is a man right there, you know, right there, and we fuck. And then she's in a skirt, and I, you know, I come inside her hard. Mm. We then go and I walk her around like my hometown neighborhood. I show her like the the, but the grade school. You're still like inside. <laughs> oh no! Well, now when, once we get off the bus, no, I'm saying, but like your stuff is still up there. Yeah, so I'm I'm walking around. I show her like, oh, this is the grade school I got bullied at. <clears throat> this is a pizza place. This is like my second home. This is uh, this is Kennedy Field. This is where like I played football, where I was better than kids who still said I was bad at the thing while they were on the bench. Bullying is confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then we, I bring her to my house. I was like, this is the house I grew up in. And I still had a key at the time. I was not talking to my family. I just started talking to my family again. I have not seen my mother in almost two years. Okay. So I was not talking to my family. So you're introducing my, your my mom, girlfriend at the time to your, to your mother who you hadn't seen in two years. Right. And she's got your semen inside of her. At yes. This wow. And, and then I, and I showed her the house, but that, and I had, I had texted my mom. I said, could you be home? Like, look, I know we haven't talked yet and we'll do the thing, but like, this is a woman I'm really in, madly in love with. And I'd like you to meet her. She, uh, she meets my, she meets my ex <laughs> and, uh, we have this moment. Then I start talking to my mom and I start getting really emotional because I haven't, I'm like, I'm, I had a lot of resentment still built up. So I finally let this resentment out to my mother in like a sort of calmed way. And, you know, my mom's crying. I'm crying. My ex, you know, she she eventually stepped outside. She's like, I was like, hey, just give me some, give me a few. And so she steps outside. My mom have our our first of many talks and, and do that. We do the hug, I do the goodbye, and then we go. Um, and then we're on the bus, and then tells me, hey, uh, I just realized, like, I think I met your mom with like your dry semen like yeah. running down my leg. Whoa. 
And like, and then and then we had a good laugh. Oh, that's nice. What a beautiful story. What yeah. a weirdly beautiful story. <laughs> yep. Uh, so those are the two places. Uh, the two weirdest places I've had sex publicly would be those. Um, and a slew of other public sex. Public sex is super fun. I'm a big fan. Uh, but those would probably be the weirdest at the moment. Yeah. Well, I was celibate until like four years ago. So this is like the exact opposite. Kind of right. That I left. Well, you were you were raised Orthodox. And, yeah. and I want to I was wondering, um, do you want to do maybe like another 10, 15 minutes? Yeah, a little bonus episode for my Patreon supporters. Give up for the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> about about being raised Orthodox and how that influenced your sexuality and this whole being celibate thing up until recently. Yeah. Uh, so you, you down for that? Yeah, we can do that. All for right. Sure. But for now, um, you know, where can where can people find you? All right. So Twitter, you can find me at Aton the goalie E I T A N T H E G O A L I E. I am so media verified. Oh, me too. I am High verified, five. verified, bro. Oh, blue check mark up in his ear. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Nothing feels better than being verified. It is like climbing. A friend of mine, Max Ash, said this. It's like climbing. Or he was talking about something else, but I think it works here. But getting verified is like climbing the biggest. It's like climbing to the top of who gives a fuck mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's so like true. the most. Like it means nothing, but holy it, fuck, does it feel great and <laughs> super useful? By the way, let's say when you're trying to book people that yeah. you otherwise would uh, be outside your reach. All you non-verified idiots out there don't know this, but when you get verified, you get in your notification section, you get a third. Uh, di- uh, what's it called? Like Ca- vertical, like, a third, like filter. Yeah. So it says like who's mentioning you, who's liking you, and then you also get to see who verified, like who interacts that. with you, who's verified. You just yeah. get full. It's literally called verified tab. Yeah, it's and awesome. Literally, you're. Like, it's how Josh Hutcherson talks to uh, yeah. all the other Josh Hutcherson. It's how the celebrities there. shit on us, uh, shit on the plebeians to each other privately. Oh yeah, it's our uh, Raya. It's our well, Raya. <laughs> but but I uh, I went to see Hamilton, mm-hmm. right. And I've been verified. Which a is great. Years. I will I will say, okay, let me give you like the small wrap up of this is sure. that Lin Manuel Miranda knows about Hamilton. Uh-huh. Hamilton. Hamilton, sorry. When we had done it when when it first came when we let, re- had the press release, so uh we uh the press release came out a friend of mine who was friends with someone that was making the Hamilton documentary. So there were two Hamilton documentaries happening at the time, Hamilton uh-huh. and Hamilton. And uh she goes, Lin Manuel Miranda knows about uh this, and not only do you know about it, he's a huge fan. He's so big of a fan that the quote was, he's probably going to hold a viewing party when it comes out, which I thought was beautiful. And we have since tried multiple times to get in touch with him. It has not worked. I've met cast members from Hamilton since then. Uh, they have not been helpful. Uh, and there was, yeah, so there's that. Well, we almost got a cast member on this show. Whoa. Uh, the day, the <clears throat> night I saw, uh, the night I saw it, I went and I, uh, I went to New York Comedy Club to go do Late Night. Um, and as I did, I started following some of the cast members, including um, Havilton, um, the Havilton, um, Javier Munoz. Oh, okay. Yeah. The guy that he took Scott, over for Lynn. Who is after. no longer now Hamilton. Um, no. He's no. now stepped down, right? He's, uh, yeah. he's going on to bigger and greater things. Yeah. But I followed him. He followed me back. Oh. I then tweeted a screenshot of him following me. to be like, hey, everybody, you think he's a big man or a podcast fan? Ha, ha, ha. He's like, is that it? Uh, but I wonder if he would do the. I think he'd make a great guest. A thousand percent. He tweets back, is that an invitation? I said, uh, I have the honor to be your obedient servant, B.Pro. My DMs are open. He slid in my DMs. Slid... Havilton slid in my DMs. We started talking. He was like, yeah, no, I'm I'm into it. Let's do it. We we get a date down. He had to cancel last minute because he booked... I think he had booked like a Samantha B thing, so he did that. 
And then since then, I've not been able to get the rebooking. And I, the thing on him I've always heard is that Lin-Manuel Miranda is great as Hamilton. Javier is great and sexy. Yeah, he's the sexy Hamilton. He's the sexy Hamilton. In my research, uh, leading up to our recording, it was that he's the sexy Hamilton. That's what, yeah. Oh, um, well, I hope so that happens. He's, uh, fingers crossed. I, I think that'd be a really fun live show. Do like an HIV or Puerto Rico fundraiser. Oh, there you um, go. Well, we, when we did the, uh, the, the, the viewing party of Ideology, I had this bit where... This is the longest up. plug section <laughs> Of all time. This, is, uh, this, this whole podcast is just one big plug. We do a, separate, a whole separate po- <laughs> a spinoff podcast, which is the Plugs podcast. We, when we did the, uh, when we did the, the Videology thing, uh, we, he... Uh, sorry, not anybody. So we... We had a bunch of T-shirts that I had from from Rock that we ended up auctioning off, and we raised one hundred and seventy-seven dollars and sixty-nine cents for Puerto Rico relief, uh, which was I thought was an interesting. Uh, literally, the, the the thing I was like, listen, I'm going to go to Lin Manuel Miranda's. I'm going to go to Manuel Miranda's. LMM. I'm going to go to Limamum's Facebook Twitter account and find the last charity he donated to that he plugged, and we're just going to donate all the money there. And we ended up donating some nice money to to Puerto Rico, which was a fun cap to the story. Nice. I think. So find me on Twitter. Back to the important. So follow me on Twitter and donate to Puerto. Rico. Those are the two things, the two most important parts of this that you need to know. <laughs> Amazing, Aton. Well, uh, Patreon people, you're going to hear a bonus episode tomorrow. But for now, why don't you say goodbye to everybody? Bye, everybody. Alexander Hamilton. I'm Alexander Hamilton. There's a million loads I haven't blown. My dick is great. My dick is great. That was one hell of a story. I know a lot of times we wonder, like, oh, how, how does the meat get made in porn? I don't think we often think about, like, oh, you know, where'd they come up with that story idea? That was a fantastic telling by Aton. I, I, I'm so happy that I got to talk with him. I hope you go follow him on The Places. And if you want to hear more of Aton Levine, he's got a bonus episode coming out tomorrow exclusively to my $5 and up fan whores on Patreon. To gain access to that, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Uh, I want to know what you thought about the episode. Shoot me an email with your comments or your questions or, hey, maybe even your booby pictures to manwhorepod at gmail.com. You can always give me a shout out on the social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at TheBillyProceda. Some of you may wonder what I may be looking like. Well, got to go on over there to find out. Of course, like the Man Whore Podcast Facebook fan page. Simply search Man Whore Podcast. I pop right up. And uh, I hope you all enjoyed this week's show. This was episode 199. Holy fuck. Next week, we got episode 200. Where two gorgeous listeners will be taking a hold of the mics as they interview me for a change. Looking forward to uh, to celebrating 200 delightful episodes with all of you next week. But until then, stay slutty. How does the offspring of a box spring play thing? A man who came from nothing become a man who came on everything? He discovered the menage a trois, the first to fuck two pussies raw. Despite British law, the magic of a three-way. Ta-da! A well-endowed man with a dick, thick and tan screwing peaches on the beaches of the Caribbean.
He was a pounding father and pile drive the island daughters, taught them all a fucking lesson like his name was Mr. Cotter. His fame came from his main vein, got his name under a refrain, around a big pick of his big prick in the AVN Hall of Fame. But every score to him meant nothing. He wasn't comfy with just British buffing. What's your poor name, man? Alexander Hamilton. I'm Alexander Hamilton. There's a million loads I haven't blown. My dick is great. My dick is great.